Holy Spirit, I just thank you for everyone's giant brain, but Lord, you have something better. You have uh, given us your mind. We have the mind of Christ. Lord, I just thank you right now. Uh, I just thank you for demolishing strongholds today, and I thank you for letting us feel your love and your wisdom. <laughs> and I thank you, Lord, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we just thank you that this is, the, this is what you delighted in the most, Jesus. We just thank you, Lord. Let, let's today feel how massive you are in our lives and over this place. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay, so the, it, this will be like, you're gonna be strapped to the back of a blue whale. Um, we've been... Um, you guys know that I don't necessarily get a, you know, beginning of the year, and this is the word, and this is the vision, because I don't ask the Lord for it. And, you know. Anyway, so, but this year, I got very, very, so clearly in my spirit, right after Christmas, 24 elders and 24 hours, and the Lord was saying, I want my people to govern from heavenly places. We've seen, we've seen this last, since 2020, to be honest, is that we've seen the Western world especially completely dominated by the principle of government, whether it's good or bad. And what happens is much of the church has just learned to suck it up and take their lumps and not knowing that God has created a supernatural pathway where we can overcome. What's interesting, in 2024, over half the planet will have a federal election. Over four billion people are going to the polls, okay? Just, I, feel, I feel sorry for America. Just think about all those mail-in ballots they're gonna have to print. And so <laughs> we're, seeing, we're seeing so many things. Now, one of the things is that you, for those who aren't tech savvy, you probably want to start to look at areas of um, social media, not necessarily pictures of people's cats and the football score. And, but what's happened is mainstream media has become utterly corrupted. And it's that I think Alex once coined the term industrial censorship co uh, 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 complex. And so some words to that effect, because there, right now there are revolutions taking place all across Europe because governments are making choices to undermine food security. Right now, I saw an interview and I think, like, I don't trust Ivy League uh, universities at the best of times, but they believe a statistic of illegal immigrants coming, flooding over the border in America this year is something like 22 million permanently changing the demographics so you have uh, the Democrats continually voted in. This stuff's actually happening. And this is why we need to have a little bit more of an awareness of what's taking place. But the Lord wants to show us what it actually is to govern with Him. Not just that, we're in the year uh, uh, 2024, and in 1924, uh, there was a historic... Uh, a group of people led by a guy called Reese Howells. Who's heard of Reese Howells? These guys knew how to pray and they, I believe they were instrumental in, in, in influencing and changing the outcome of World War II. And they, they started the, uh, uh, the uh, Bible College of Wales in 1924. And we knew this year regarding government, this is very important. But who knows God confirms things with signs following. And then I was told just this last week 
that this sanctuary, I think you can see it on the foundation stone, was built in 1924. And so we got 100 years this year. So there's synergy. And we were talking about this last week on the 24th. And the Lord's very, so, so this whole thing about 24 elders is about heavenly government, but 24 hours, God wants us to influence, if not change and turn around cycles of time. And that sounds very, very grandiose, but trust me, it is, but it's not a delusion of grandeur. Because if we start to study down, we start to see that there is precedent after precedent after precedent. So we're going to go after knowledge and with greater knowledge comes greater responsibility. I think that's from the book of Spider-Man. And so, but the problem is if we choose to stay ignorant in Hosea, God says, my people are destroyed through lack of knowledge. So we need we need the keys of knowledge so we can go through the door of knowledge and lay a hold. Now, one of the things is that a very, very unpleasant, things that have taken place in the last few years is there's been massive amounts of depression, flat effect, different things in that unfortunate category. And one of them is this, is because people have felt powerless. And when someone feels powerless, it undermines their original design because God has called you to take dominion. In other words, you're called to be powerful. Can someone say amen? So today's word is got hectic knowledge around it, but you need to see incredible power. What we're gonna talk about today will help you work with the angelic because you have an earthly family and you have a heavenly family who wants to partner with the angelic? So we need to do what God wants us to do. So now here's something that I do believe in some quarters of the ecclesia globally, there's a, there's, there's a unwarranted smugness about, well, we are under a superior covenant and this is, the, you know, and we wouldn't miss a visitation of the Lord, not like Israel did 2,000 years ago. We wouldn't do that and God's... Really? And so... I believe this year there has been some truths that have been lost in the mix. And one of them is, is, is heavenly governance. And I want you to have an awe of Scripture because you can't just read it through your lens, your Western lens, is we need to approach Scripture knowing that it is a Jewish book written to Jews. We need to understand the Bible is a Jewish book. And then then under a superior covenant, we were grafted in. So when we read, we've got to make sure we're not reading through our filters. One of those things that God's shown us is how to follow breadcrumb trails. And so when you, when you form a map, so the Lord speaks to us, we have a strong culture here of mapping, line upon line, precept upon precept. God shows you things in bits because you can't take in the whole. And so quite often in Scripture, we read things that really are coordinates and then you see like a seemingly opposite co coordinate on the other side that we will look at today. And so I find it fascinating that in, in, in Hebrew culture, they seem to have a greater grasp of cosmic realities and mystical realities and manifested incredible power more than much of the modern church yet they were under an inferior covenant. Who finds that interesting? So we can't just go, well, we're under superior covenant. We need to actually know what that looks like. You know, when Jesus quoted, I mean, in Psalm 82, so it says, 
It talks about, unless you become, it says in, in the Gospels, Jesus says, unless you become like a little child, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. And it says, if you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. But then in Psalm 82, it says, God judges amongst the gods. Elohim judges amongst the judges. And Jesus put that in context because he said, does not, he said to the Pharisees, doesn't scripture say, I say you are gods? So why is it you're stumbling that I say I'm the son of God? So you have to map that because we're talking crazy mysteries. The Lord, it says in 2 Corinthians 5 that you're not to see yourself after the natural dimension. You have to see yourself in Christ, which is an ascended supernatural reality. And so there's so many things of such a rich and deep nature. Um, you cannot read the book of Revelation without having a strong working knowledge of the Old Testament prophets. The book of Revelation is the largest book, the largest book in the uh, 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 New Testament by quite some distance. And there's over 500 direct or uh, uh, alluded to uh, references to the Old Testament. So what happens, isn't it interesting, the people who put the canon of Scripture together, would we see the book of Revelation differently if it was put in right after the book of Acts? Very, very interesting because in it, we, we, we learn a lot about the closure of the old covenant, uh, cycles, supernatural cycles and governance. We learn so much about it. But uh, again and again, uh, one more thing I'll say before I, I launch into this, because I'll be launching, trust me. <coughs> we need to know heavenly language because some things are put out there and are implied, but then you join another coordinate and it starts to speak volumes. For example, Heaven, the, 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 the scepter the, of rulership, the rod of rulership of governors, kings, royalty will not depart from Zion. We see many times as a, that when there's a natural Zion, we can now apply it to heavenly Zion. So the, 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 rule of, uh, the, the rod of rulership made of iron will not depart. And then we see this we see that it says that the child in Revelation 12 will ascend to the throne and rule the nations with a rod of iron. But then Jesus goes to him who overcomes, he will rule with a rod of iron. Matthew 28, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, therefore you go. And you start to see, as you map, you see a grafting and you start to see everything that's real is in Christ and you start to see the inner world, we're talking about this afternoon, inner world of governance, actually rules the external world. How about the scripture that just completely flips every Western mindset in Luke 17, 20, 21? Do not say the kingdom is here, kingdom is here, look, here it is, there it is. The kingdom does not come with external observation for the kingdom of God is within you. And that flips every table. That's why we should be. If you want to govern, we need to know it's from the internal world. So a lot of this was established. When Jesus spoke, he spoke on a presupposition that we had a working knowledge of the, of the Old Covenant. or Sorry, the Old, Covenant, Old Testament saints. So what we're going to do is we're going to let God's Word speak. Wouldn't it be interesting if we had something uncovered to us today and saw something we'd never seen before? Who's is open? Okay, because this is what we want to do. We want to let the, the Word of God speak. So what I'm going to do is I want you to see this with your own eyes. 
We're going to go through, if, if you get nothing out of this other than you, you, you have a, an incredible devotional time today. If we can start with 1 Kings, Solomon following a very hard act, that's called King David. Now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings at the altar. And so generosity unlocks provision. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and said, ask, what shall I give you? Therefore, Solomon said, give to your servant an understanding heart or discernment or wisdom to judge your people. Now here, the word judge, when you see to judge in the Old Testament, it's connected to governance and it's connected to justice. So when we see the word judge or judgment, we see punishment. This is not the primary meaning of judgment. So when we see, I want, I, I want understanding heart to be able to judge, he's saying, I want an understanding heart to govern. And so that I might discern between good and evil for what, who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord. Now, what's interesting is that Solomon put up his hand and he said, I will be your human agency on the earth so you can rule through me. This is a pattern. Rather than going, just judge your people, Lord. He said, I'm putting my hand up to make sure that earth aligns with heaven. I'm putting my hand up so the crooked ways can be made straight. I'm putting my hand up so the throne of the Father can come directly in line with the nation of Israel. And him putting up that hand pleased God so much. We start to see and map what pleases the Lord is governance. Taking responsibility, not carrying it on our shoulders because the government's on his shoulders. But allowing him, you see human agency is the most dominant thing that the Spirit of God manifests on the earth. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. So the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, because you've asked this thing and have not asked for a life, long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. And, as, and I have also given you what you have not asked. Wow. Can you imagine being in a place so pleasing to the Lord, He gives you what you don't ask? <laughs> Both riches and honour, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. So here, this is a spirit of governance. Now we go forward to the new covenant, or actually we're intertestable, we're still under the old covenant, but we have Jesus who was the prophet, the Messiah, arrived on the scene. If you had a set of scales and you weighed up every man of God, every righteous man, uh, uh, every prophet, every king on one side, and you had Jesus on the other, it's not even close. Jesus outweighs them all. All right, the Logos, the Word of God, the, the God in the flesh, incarnate, okay? But He said, listen guys, I'm gonna break an orphan spirit over you. If the Father loves you, now, worrying about what you're gonna wear, what you're gonna eat, where you're gonna live. He said, everyone stresses about this. Don't put this stuff first because you'll get locked into a spirit, an orphan spirit of barrenness. So here is the new covenant 
equivalent to what Solomon asked for and it's Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. This seems random, so seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. Why righteousness? Because righteousness is connected to governing, judgment and justice. When we choose to see, be an agency for judgment and justice on the earth, God gives us everything. Is this amazing or what? Because we're coming out of an era where we've pandered to the lowest common denominator and what's happened is we're seeing the world not being governed by heavenly bodies through the ecclesia. Oh my gosh, just follow the US. Why is the US a big deal? Because our whole physical security is based on our relationship with the US. The US goes down, everyone goes down. It's the biggest domino. Right now you have, oh my gosh, it is just a circus. But we need God's people to be able to, from heavenly places, align. This is anecdotal, but who remembers uh, uh, John Sanford, Elijah House in the healing? He was involved in the spirit. Now this is a testimony, you believe it or you don't. He was caught up to a heavenly council with some other people and in the throne room setting in the spirit around the Cuban Missile Crisis. Do you know how close there was, it was from going from a cold war to a hot nuclear war in the early 60s? Very close, very close. And he was invited to bring a judgment to make sure it didn't take place. Again, you have to test and weigh that. But I'll tell you what, John Sanford has a lot of runs on the board. And so this is exciting because rather than watch history, you and the Lord get to shape history. Can someone say amen? If you believe you're called to do that, you can. But if you believe it's not going to happen, then we're just, we're just you know, commentators. Okay, Psalm 89, 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. So judgment and governance is all about continually realigning the earth to the throne of God. Because the foundation is actually justice. So... What we're gonna do now, this is something that you don't hear taught heaps, but the book of Hebrews is incredible. Was it written by Paul? I don't know. Does it matter? Not really. But apart from Romans, the book of Hebrews is is the heavenly gospel. It's incredible. Hebrews 11 and Jesus is more excellent, has a more excellent name than the angels and and superior to Moses, superior to the old old covenant. Uh, Melchizedek priesthood is superior to the ironic priesthood, isn't it ironic? And so basically you have all these, these, it's it's a juxtaposition of the superiority of heaven over over the Mosaic covenant and many, many, many other things. So then it outlines the probably... An, an area of teaching and scripture and doctrine that a lot of the church hasn't drilled down on and it's this, it's Hebrews 6. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. So you can't earn God's favour, you must believe. And it's accounted to you as righteousness. And then in that place, your, your works are our, our worship to the Lord. You can't earn God's favour. Can someone say amen? You can't make God love you any more than He already does. But acts of obedience opens our inner world to receive more of it, okay? So it's not like God's in a bad mood, He's in a good mood, now He's sulking. 
Isn't it amazing? We, are, we, 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 we don't see the world as the world is. We see the world as we are. The power of projection is a mutation of to be a, a, a vice regents in the, in the creative realm. I feel sad today. Oh, everyone's ignoring me. No, you're projecting. And we do that with the Lord. We condemn ourselves and we think it's Him. It's very interesting. So then we say, it says after that, not laying again, uh, uh, dead works in a faith towards God, yep. Of the doctrine of baptisms, it's not just one baptism, there's baptisms, okay? Baptism of the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost and fire, water baptism, uh, way more. That's another dimension that we, we've only gone so deep in. Laying on our hands, laying on our hands is a big deal. Okay, <laughs> of resurrection of the dead. Oh, there's one resurrection, no resurrections. There's multiple resurrections. But here we have here, because it actually says in, in, in Revelation, this is the first resurrection. There's multiple resurrections. But here it says of eternal judgment. But that's actually judgment as a plural, not just a singular. And what we need to know, and you go, are we talking about judgment today? Yes! Because when you understand it, you'll be at the right end of the stick. When you understand it, and it's not what you think it is. <laughs> so it's about judgments, it's about aligning earth to his throne, making the crooked way straight so his kingdom comes and his will is done. Jesus said, pray, pray like this all the time. Our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth that is in heaven. And so what that does, that brings things into alignment. It makes the crooked ways straight. And it's actually about justice. It's the amount of things that we, you know, I mean, we've, we've all started in this movie. We've all, we've all worn this T-shirt. Maybe we're wearing this T-shirt now. Think about how many prayers we've prayed have nothing to do with justice. <laughs> and then you go to this church, it's all about personal prosperity. And I'm all for personal prosperity. But what happens if we say, Lord, we want to see your justice on the earth, then he adds all those things. He, he, he wants, he, poverty is not a gift. Can someone say amen? Poverty is not a gift. Oh Lord, I want to be poor. Never say that vow. Okay, and, 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 and please, especially if you have kids, if you can't feed them, don't breed them. All right? It is what it is. So, so here we have, okay. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna start with where the church is camped. This is where it's camped. And it's camped here so long, it's wearing these glasses and it sees everything through these glasses. Are we ready? Are we ready? Shikabamba. All right, so Matthew 7, 1 to 5. Judge not that you be not judged. <laughs> this is it. Come back, come back, come back. Every each to his own, mate. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not judging you, mate. And we just, that's the, and so we camp here remembering that the Word of God, you have to map it. And there are coordinates that actually don't contradict but add to a narrative that we think has been established. In other words, the deeper we go into the Word of God, we can actually come into a greater place of understanding without bending the narrative but coming into a place of understanding. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. 
And why do you look in the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. Jesus was very gentle. Can you imagine God standing before you going, hypocrite. And you went, I resemble that. Okay. First, remove the plank from your own eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the spread. It doesn't say, it actually says you've got to remove the plank so you can see properly and then you can remove the speck. It doesn't say keep the speck. It says you have to remove it. So we go down further. Beware of false prophets. Hang on, I thought you told us not to judge. Who comes to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they're ravenous wolves? You will know them by their fruits. So now we're called to judge. We're called to discern. You know what's interesting? Is woke ideology, which is absolute garbage, has taken away every right of people to discern. You have every right to discern who you employ, who you associate with, what you can and can't say. You get to discern that. And this is why we're seeing a movement through the intimidation and lies to strip people. And I tell you what, fear of man brings a snare. The minute you're like trying to be politically incorrect, you're done. Because now you're on a trading floor of fear. Now I'm not saying to be ostentatious and, and uh, uh, obnoxious and, and abrasive. That's my calling. I'm not, uh, I don't, <laughs> sort of. Um, but <laughs> but <coughs> I'll take one for the team. Um, but there's, there, there's, you should know the truth and knowing the truth will set you free. Come, you can't come into agreement with lies. You can't. And what you are, when you come into agreement with something you know that's wrong, you are bowing your knee to a devil. And I'll tell you right now, there's too much political correctness and wokeness in the body of Christ because appeasement is continually feed the crocodile hoping you're the last person in the room it eats. Because it will happen. This is why there cannot be intimidation in that area. So... Let's put some context in this. Let's go, let's go. It says, Jesus, don't, don't judge this way. But then he goes, but judge. But then he says, make sure you remove the log. So that looks like, look at, look at yourself first. So let's put context. Romans 14. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? Here's the context. Contempt. There are some things that annoy people and rub them up the wrong way. And what happens is we trigger and we see the trigger or a spirit of criticism as righteous judgment. And it is not. For shall, uh, so, 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 why do you sh- so why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So what you have is that you've got things that aren't big stuff. They're not connected to justice. You know, there are some ministries out there that are not my cup of tea. But that doesn't, that's not a judgment, you know? I'm like, I don't, how can I put this? Someone who is not my personal taste, be someone like Benny Hinn, okay? Sing it, Cheryl, you know? And, and you know, like, like, it's not my taste. But my goodness, God has used that man. God has used that man. So people start getting to a place where they start to judge because something either annoys them, triggers them, or, or challenges them, and that does not produce. It says the anger 
of man does not produce the righteousness of God. We've got to be really, really careful with that. So, so a lot of things, so, so there's a place where God is calling us to govern with Him and judgment has to be connected to justice, not personal triggers. We have to be bigger than that. We have to pull that plank out of our eye. And Lord, just for the record, God bless Benny Hinn. Amen. Okay, somebody went. All right. Now, it says here, now, but before we go any further, I want to calm everyone's farm. Uh, Bill and I were talking this week. If we ever do another farm, we're going to call it calm. <laughs> calm farm. <laughs> Can you imagine you go through the gates? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh. So if we, if we can put back that last scripture about the judgment seat of Christ, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, okay? This is important. Now, who believes Jesus is the Son of God? Yes? Okay, when you say yes to Him, your sin was judged at Calvary. He became the scapegoat. It's, he vicariously suffered. He was our substitutionary sacrifice. Christians will never get judged for sin. You don't believe me because you're feeling it. You'll never get judged for sin. Who thinks that's amazing news? I mean, come on, are we at a viewing this morning? Give me some energy, please. Flipping heck. (laughs) Okay, I'll help you out. And so... Your sin's been judged. Can someone celebrate, please? So it says, shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? God forbid, it says we're actually dead to sin. But what happens, every one of us will stand before the Lord. We're not gonna get judged for sin, which is huge, okay? But it says here that all of us will be assessed of our life, but not judged for sin. So you gotta work out, do I want to bring glory to God in my life or do I just want to get in by the seat of my pants? Let's have a look at what the judgment of the seat of Christ is, if we can, please. <coughs> uh, 1 Corinthians. For no, no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ, uh, Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, so everything you do and are, you're building. You're building, okay? Sin's been judged, now you're building. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or wood, hay, and straw, okay? (laughs) Each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. Our God is is an all-consuming fire. And it's like, because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. So every single person is gonna go through that fire. Every single person. You gotta choose your fire. Fiery trials. They're not, you're not actually on fire. (laughs) But it feels like fire. Our God is a consuming fire. God is love and He's actually jealous for His people. The intensity. I tell you what, we could never reciprocate the level of intensity that God has for you and me, the zeal, the love, that's a fire. And when we have idols in our life and we're trying to leverage God, it says God is not mocked. He, 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 whatever you sow, you'll reap. But there's no judgment for sin. 
That's why the motivation to live a life that glorifies Him and be motivated to please Him and, and love Him. God responds to people's love. Do you know what? That's the, that's the one thing He can't make happen. He can't make you love Him. That's free will. And then the, the deeper we go into that, we realise that our love is merely a response that has already loved us. And this is what's so cool. So the great news is, is those in Christ will not be judged with the rest of the world. So we, I wanted to get that out of the way in case people are going, <laughs> because that's just not the case at all. Now, here we go. Now the plane is going up on a steeper trajectory. Let's go another 1 Corinthians chapter six. This is you, this is you. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Wait, what? And if the world be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things pertain to this life? God's called you to be a judge. This is why you need to know the Word. This is why you need to know His ways. How can you lay a plumb line if you don't even know where the plumb line is? Because God is a God of justice. He's all for prosperity and overflow, but that's not primary. Primary is that the church is to defend the vulnerable, the innocent, the abused, the fatherless. And where it happens, that pleases God so much, He opens up the heavens like never before. And this is why the hyper-prosperity, uh, 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 my name's Jimmy and I'll take what you can give me gospel. What happens, it becomes an, a, a self-absorbed thing and we start seeing the world falling apart and instead of becoming a city on a hill, coming to the light of the world and the soul of the earth, we become spectators. And this is why God was so pleased when Solomon said, I wanna govern. And Jesus echoed that in Mark 6.33. So, so judgments are good, but this is not a future thing. What we're gonna do is we're gonna jump. This is so hectic because the, 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 the Old Testament prophets, amazing. Let's do Jeremiah chapter five, verse one. Run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem. See now and know and seek in her open places. If you can find a man, if there's anyone who executes judgment, who seeks the truth and I will pardon her. So God would have, would have removed judgment over Jerusalem if you found one person like this. It even says in Ezekiel, I, I sought for someone to stand in the gap. And what's happened? We're in a generation that just, this is a lost art. You're called to change history. Your obedience or delayed obedience changes timelines. I was, someone was telling me, uh, Megan was telling me uh, 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 this last week, who thinks Elijah's pretty amazing? Come on. You know, okay, so anyway, God said, anoint Jehu. And he didn't. You know, I forgot. <laughs> Maybe he was intimidated like he got intimidated by Jezebel. But he didn't, because what happened, Jehu was meant to be anointed and 30 years went by and Elisha had to do what Elijah was meant to do, but he didn't. So timelines change, histories change. Mighty men and, men, uh, mighty, men and, men and, men, <laughs> mighty men and women. Mini, mini, mini. Do, 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 do. Are called to change cycles of time through judgments through judgments. Okay, so you've got the, the book of Judges. That's a cycle, it's a, it's a historic cycle. 
The book of Judges. Performing justice is a form of government. Okay, here we go. Hebrews 10, 7. This is the prophetic part. Then I said, I have come, behold, I've come in the volume of your book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. Is judgments are about realigning us to the will of God. That's what judgments are about. Now, here we go. I want you to hear what David thought about judgments in Psalm 19, verses 9 to 11. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Here's his response. More to be desired are they than gold. Yes, much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover by them, your servant is warned and in keeping God's judgments is great reward. So here we have, we start to see through ancient paths, ancient paths are when, when eternity in the realm of the spirit invades the time-space world. God called Israel in Jeremiah 6. He says, seek the ancient paths, walk in them and you'll be blessed. Judgments connect us to ancient paths, timeless realms of the spirit where there is wisdom and authority and knowledge and fruitfulness. This is why we need to, but we get too in love with the natural Realising that cursed is he that trusts in the arm of the flesh. We should desire God's judgments so we get aligned to life. Now, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna cite this. I'm gonna land the plane soon, but I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna paraphrase this. In the book of Revelation, chapter 10, angel appears to John, foot on the sea, foot on the land, seven thunders, he said, don't write about it, seal it up. Then he said, there'll be no more time. Kronos no more. The mystery of God will be finished. But then he said, John, take this, he heard a voice say, John, take the book out of the angel's hand and eat it. And it was sweet in his mouth and bitter in his stomach. And then something really interesting. He said, now you must prophesy. Remember, he's on the Isle of Patmos. You must prophesy about many more kings, nations and kingdoms. You know what's really interesting is that John was called to prophesy and yet there's a very high chance he, before, before or towards kings, kingdoms and nations, there's a good chance he never left the Isle of Patmos. Now, some people say maybe he went, when he, in his uh, old age he went to Turkey, but that's not nations, kings and kingdoms. In other words, there is something so powerful about what are you doing there? Something, something so powerful. Can you mention if I face planted? <laughs> Glad I didn't. <laughs> okay. This is what's so cool is we start to see that the prophetic and prophesying is connected to judgments that realign humanity to the throne of God. Isn't that amazing? You start to see that, you're going, wow. Because what happens, we tend to, with the prophetic, we tend to have like a bag of mixed lollies and we're just throwing it out there. And just like, oh, I feel encouraged. And the Lord says, I have something so much more substantive is I want my prophets to be used to realign cycles of time and humanity to heaven. Who thinks that's amazing? You don't have to be a prophet to do that because you can prophesy. But this is what he has for us. And this is why we're about to see something amazing. 
I wanna finish on two points that I'm gonna go with some data points on. So 1 Corinthians 14.3. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. So I love to be edified. I love to be exhorted. And I'm into comfort. I'm always looking for comfort. Comfort's my goal. But you talk about encouraging. Encouraging is meant to give us courage. And sometimes we get so encouraged to get courage, we choke on the encouragement and we don't see the courage we're meant to manifest. Now, here's the point. This has been used as the whole canon of Scripture in regards to the prophetic paradigm within the body of Christ. And I wanna tell you today, it's incomplete. We need people encouraged and edified. Do you know what? Discouraged people aren't going to win the war. How you going? You all right? Okay, not bad. Flat effect. We need to, to have courage and we need energy. But what happens is God says, sometimes something's in someone's life that needs to be removed before they can engage courage. Jeremiah 1.10, please. See, Jeremiah, this day I've set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. To, rule ta- to root out and pull down, to destroy and throw down. Those are demons, those are lies, those are strongholds and the prophetic is meant to uproot them. So on the back end, on a redemptive purpose, to build and plant. So sometimes if there are demons and lies, you can't encourage the demons. You've actually got to uproot, throw down and destroy, but always on the back end, build and plant. So you go, well, that's a little bit more of a complete picture of the prophetic. Why don't we go even more complete and see what it says in Revelation 19. And I fell at the angel's feet to worship him. That must have been some hectic angel. Think of it like this. One angel gave John the whole book of Revelation. So angel just turns up and he starts going to a cinema 180. And John's like, serious, one angel, one angel. I've sent my angel to testify these things. So this angel's like, okay, we're going to the movies. One angel, he was so in awe, he started to worship the angel. Now, John wasn't a lightweight. He knew, you know, he had the the self-designated title of the the disciple whom Jesus loved. (laughs) Just like Moses wrote about himself, he said he was the humblest man on the earth. And I, he was a confused, and I fell at the feet to worship the angel, but he said to me, see, you do not do that. I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You want, you want to know what the prophetic is? Look at Jesus. So we need people to be comforted and edified and encouraged, but we also need to uproot and throw down, tear down, destroy, so we can build and plant. But now it's the testimony of Jesus. Let's just see Jesus, what He had to say once He'd risen from the dead. Let's have a, let's have a look. <laughs> Revelation 3. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will give you more cuddles. <laughs> I will vomit you out my mouth. This is the spirit of prophecy. Come on. 
next. Because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and have needed nothing, and do not know, do not know, and do not know. <laughs> okay, this is before we read this out loud. You want heaven to have you in the highest standing more than the earth. Beware when all men speak well of you. If you're about popularity here, you could be violating realms of holiness, especially if your motivation isn't right. So you can be amazing here, but not so much there. Or you can be, no one knows you here and famous there. I want that one. Because especially, I mean, it's not just what I do, it's why I do it. Do I do it because I love the Lord? Or do I do it because I want platform? So, because you say I'm rich and become wealthy and have needed nothing, and do you not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, and blind and naked? What a grouping. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, true riches, and white garments <coughs> that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with salves that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. So judgments make crooked ways straight and repentance, metanoia, isn't going, I'm sorry, wah, wah, wah. It's changing how we think. Realigning with the throne, realigning with the throne, realigning with the throne, realigning with the throne. No one, I don't know anyone who's enjoyed getting braces on their teeth. until they're taken off and the results are amazing. And this is what God has for us. He, he, God is more committed to your destiny than, than, than we are. He says, I want corrections, I want corrections, I want corrections, judgments, 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 bring you back into alignment, straighten those teeth, straighten those teeth. And sometimes those trips, praise God for modern braces. So, Pete, can you imagine that the trauma, childhood traumas of people who had braces in the 80s? Train tracks, metal mouth, <laughs> tin grin. No, no, and now they're Invisalign and it's all, all fancy. But what happens? <laughs> Who had braces decades ago? Show me. Praise the Lord. The results are obvious. That's what judgments are like. And the minute you're going, I'm being judged. Next minute. So, so you've got to start to see that's what it's like. David says, your judgments are to be desired more than gold. Yes, much fine gold. And through them, your servant is worn and keeping them is great rewards. Okay. So this is where we're going with this. This is important. We're gonna go straight to 1 Corinthians 11. And this is where we have, this is where we're empowered. This is around communion. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. So we get to keep short accounts. So this is, see, it says you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. You have no need that anyone should teach you. There's things in our lives that look as, please don't, or please do. And, and, and he, he gently just goes, come on, judge yourself. Come into it, repent of this, repent of this, repent. Not because it's punitive, because the things that are crooked in our life prevent us from coming into our destiny and fullness. This is what's so exciting. It's not punishment. 
It's realignment. And this is why his judgments said to be desired much more than fine gold. And it's so cool. And the prophets are meant to bring, prophets are meant to be like braces. Not like everyone's mate. This is hectic. And, and what happens is, it, and let me just say this. If someone has to bring a word, now, now I'm gonna go into protocols in the, in the following weeks, but you've gotta do it in the right spirit. You can't prophesy unless you're feeling love for that situation. You can't be sort of like, right, I don't like it, but I'm gonna let them have it. That's unrighteous judgment. Because it's, you, you, the, the, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Okay, so, hallelujah. Let's do Psalms 18.35. This is David. You've also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. David, the voice of the Lord would have come to David. David, don't. Repent. That'll do, donkey. That's enough. Do this, do that. Constant inner judgment saying, hey, don't say that. There have been times the Lord said, you need to discipline your kids. He didn't, because you saw what happened. His kids were messed up, but it was a man with a heart after God. So what happens now is we start with judgments realigning to the throne on the inside and we work from the micro to the macro. I'll tell you what, I'm telling you what right now, God's been gentle with me. He's been gentle with me. I'd hate to see what it'd look like if he was rough. (laughs) And he's gentle with you. But what happens is the more that we bring that to him and bring it along, the quicker quicker it manifests, your, your destiny. This is why you want to desire his judgments. And then God wants to use you to change history. The church has a mentality. Too many in the church have a mentality. Well, everything's out of control. And it's all going to be over soon. I do not believe that. I do not believe that. I believe our job is to be in charge of the planet through governance and judgments. And what happens if you put all your eggs in that basket, you could be in for a rude shock. And you see the things happening in the world. Friends, I want to tell you now, prophetically as a leadership team, I've never ever felt this like I have now, is we are seeing the upcoming generation, they are being destroyed through lies. They're being destroyed and we actually, as a group of intercessors, we actually have to go after the next generation like never before. We have to see that billion soul harvest, that billion soul harvest. Because right now, the rubbish they're being taught, how can you? In Canada, they've passed the law where children can choose euthanasia without parental consent as a teenager. Yep. It's called the MAID program. What happens is we're worried about, I need a new car and there's injustice everywhere. God will give you a fleet of new cars if you govern. You start to see the injustice taking place, infanticide, everywhere. And so what happens, what did, this is, these are the weighty matters, the innocent, the fatherless, the abuse, the human trafficking from Epstein Island all the way through because a whole government's involved. And the churches said, that's too bad. I wonder who won the footy. 
And what happens when we engage the global sphere because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but He's put you and I in charge. I'll tell you what, He'll pour out on you. If you're about His business of justice and it'll be a journey, everything changes. Everything changes. America is being engineered for destruction. Europe engineered for destruction. We have a government that disappears and then comes back and chooses carefully its ideological talking points. It's unbelievable. We have a corrupt media who are owned. They don't owe you the truth. They don't. And this is why we need to get before the Lord. And this year we've got half of the world, half of the world, half of the four billion people going to the polls. And this year God is calling us to govern from heavenly dimensions. We can influence that in Jesus' Name. The last point I wanna make is this. Time is cyclical, but it's not just endlessly stuck on a track. It's going somewhere like birth pangs. It's going in a direction. Either we're going back into the dark ages or we're ascending into heavenly dimensions. But time is cyclical. And I'm gonna finish with this because we're going to start to talk in the coming weeks what it is to judge cycles of time, break lies, especially communism, break atheism, godlessness, the division that's being engineered. There was a guy who knew a few things about a few things because God showed him a few things. Let's finish with Ecclesiastes. One generation passes away. Another generation comes, but the earth abides forever, ever, ever, ever. The sun also rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it arose. The wind goes towards the south and turns around to the north. The wind wells about continually and comes again on its circuit. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place from which the rivers come, there they return again. All things are full of labour, man cannot express. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is what will be. I can feel a bit of Doris Day here. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it, it, it may be said, see, this is new. It has already been in ancient times before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will, nor will there be any remembrance of things that are to come by those who will come after. So this is the cycle. Right now, the enemy wants to set up perpetual dark cycles of time by call, causing the earth to forget God. Original design, divine inheritance, nations, and they want the world to forget. That's why you're seeing the pulling down of statues. That's why you're seeing iconoclasm on a whole new level. That's why the ancient boundary markers are being removed. And we're called to judge this. We're called to judge this. Can someone say amen? We're called to judge this because I tell you what, otherwise we're just sitting around waiting for the rescue package and what if we got it wrong? What if we got it wrong? I tell you what right now is that there is a cry in the realm of the Spirit for true justice on the earth and right now we are seeing, we are seeing a cyclical, of a psychic, a psychic. 
We're seeing a cycle of corruption within government. Unbelievable. Brazen. I'll tell you why. Because they're not being judged. It's brazenness. Brazenness. Human trafficking. Brazen. Destruction of generations. Brazen. Lies. Hollywood is coming down. We've started to realise that, that what, what a propagandist organisation it was. But there's, there, there, we have not seen the church rise up in heavenly governance and this is what we're being called into. We're being called into that place, friends, and it's exciting because we, are, we get to realign history. We get to realign cycles of time before the throne of God. And guess what? You get everything. God is looking for, it says in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking whose heart is completely His, so He may show Himself strong on their behalf. And right now, we're gonna see such a change in the Spirit because the church will wake up. Also, the prophetic movement will wake up because it is about justice on the earth that pleases the heart of the Father. And when the Father is pleased, boy, I tell you what, you can never outgive God. But this is what we're in in a historic cycle, but it says judgment starts at the house of God and we get to judge ourselves. That's not condemnation, please. Let's remove the word condemnation from judgment. It's realignment because it says Jesus in John 3, 17, Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. And those who are in Christ will not be condemned. So we get to be honest before God on the sea of glass before the throne and go, Lord, what? do you want me to change and repent of and deal with so we don't get caught up in all this rubbish? I tell you what, when you prophesy and it's in line with heaven's dictates, through your words, like John on the island of Patmos, you release a multitude of angels that changes all the conditions of the invisible world. When you prophesy and you prophesy justice, you prophesy the heart of God, you prophesy redemption, you prophesy correction, you just realise through your prophetic, through, through that, you, you create a legal right for heaven's invasion on the earth. And we actually have to repent of fear of man. We ha- you know what? If I'm going to get in trouble with the law, I, I want to earn it. Not for being a crying baby, sucking my thumb, rocking. <laughs> I want to earn it. Because i tell you what right now is the fear of the Lord will deliver us from all other fear. And you know what? In the book of Acts, they were like, we're getting persecuted, we're under pressure. They prayed for boldness. They created for a greater realm of heaven. You can't touch, you can't, you can't touch that. You're not leaving this earth until it's your time. And God did not import you to wrath. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, you haven't been appointed for wrath. I'll tell you what right now, consider it a privilege that the Lord sent you to the earth in this historical cycle of time. Because he is raising up his ecclesia to bring judgments that will bring in multitudes, multitudes, especially young people. Can someone say amen? All right. Can we have the pads on, please? Get your communion out. Ah, I feel a bit spiritually drunk. What do they talk about at church day? Judgment. Not anymore. Holy Ghost. (laughs) When Alex can't afford a babysitter, he brings his son here because he sleeps when I speak. 
And you know it's supernatural when babies are sleeping, when we're preaching on judgments. Without throwing your communion on your neighbour, who's excited about judgments? Come on. You get to be part of this. Anecdotal, but I'll show you a later time. Did you know your inner world is completely designed to represent the throne room of God? Your inner world. The kingdom of God is within you. Your inner world. Your inner world. And so you are designed to govern. And God wants us to mature, but we actually have to. It says, it says, oh Lord, you desire truth on the inward parts. And so right now we have to allow the Lord to say, speak to us. And then we judge ourselves and we repent. And then that constant realignment. So God sees those beautiful teeth. Holy Ghost. I believe that this truth will bring reformation to many, many prophetic ministries. Because I tell you what, the more you love someone, the more direct you can be. And you can't say this, you cannot minister this out of an orphan spirit of vengeance, personal vengeance or pain or frustration, but we actually have to judge ourselves first. Because I'll tell you what right now, there's a generation that does not wanna be told, they wanna heap up teachers that will itch their ears and not actually come into proper alignment. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, that you, <laughs> woo, Holy Ghost, judgment at Calvary was on our behalf so we can rejoice. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you want us to rule and reign with you. You want us to govern and this pleases you. It pleases you, it pleases you. So Lord, I thank you for your word today that you are un unlocking one of the most central realities in Scripture and that is eternal judgments. Lord, we say yes, we will govern with You. We say yes, if you believe that. We say yes, Lord, we will govern with You. We say yes, Lord, we will govern with You. And Jesus, we just thank You for Your shed blood and Your broken body. Bless it to us and quicken it to us in healing and spirit of revelation, Amen. a long time ago and, uh, with the Lord and I saw a billion soul harvest of youth. I, I did see it. I'm not jumping on any prophetic bandwagons. I literally saw it. And what's happened just this last two weeks it's just come back. Friends, we, 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 we don't let the craziness in the world distract you that God's about to do something powerful on the earth. Don't let it discourage or distract you we have to walk close with Him. We're about to see the greatest harvest. It's specifically young people, specifically young people, because they've been innocently abused. What teachers, not all teachers, okay, like, like I'm not trying to tar everybody, but the stuff that's coming out towards kids is grooming and abuse. And I'll tell you what, heaven's had enough. Heaven's had enough. We, 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 we're not gonna see some crazy Nephilim infused society weirdness.
My wife found that funny. I like to land gently. But I'll tell you what right now, who can taste history? This is what we're called to do. So God bless you guys. Uh, Don't forget in about half an hour, we have healing rooms, hang around, chat, cafe out the back and uh, have a great day.